This is B. Stewart, the Dooley Queen, CEO of B. Stewart Consulting, and you are now listening to Truck and Hustle. What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So I've never been a, a partial load person. Because to me, it's a, it's a risk. So I can get you one now, but I got to make sure that I have something else to put that with it. Or the first one was pointless. And then it's like, okay, if we load, um, let's say in Dallas, and you're going to Pennsylvania... I got to make sure you're at least, if you don't stop by, by the time you get to Memphis and have anything, there's no need to keep going because now we're all moving at less than what we plan to per mile. Turn my mic up. For you. Take this. Yeah, yeah, uh. On the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. All right, Hustle Fam, Hustle Fam, we are back with another amazing episode. And today, I got B. Stewart in the building, the yes. Dooley Queen. Yes. B. Stewart, what's good? How are you? Man, good to see you. You too. Again. Again. <laughs> right, like we planned that, yes, right? Yes, yes. So I uh, just, just ran into you over at Freight Fest. That was dope. It was amazing. Did you enjoy yourself? We loved it. Okay. Um, just to be in a network of so many people. Like-minded people, um, especially in the trucking industry, it's something I've never seen before, and we can't wait till you do it again. That's what's up. What'd you What'd you enjoy the most about it? What was, your, what was your favorite moment? What was your favorite moment? Talking to people, people realize, and I think like, oh, that's that's B Stewart. You know, <laughs> half the time I'm like B, like who is that? Like, oh, Brittany, that's me. Right. <laughs> but, right. You know, just seeing that people recognize me and literally learning from other people, um, just realizing like, okay, outside of social media, yeah, everybody's just real life people doing the same thing. For sure, a hundred percent, hundred percent. So you are the Dooley. Queen, which I'm gonna guess that means you're in the hot shot business. Yes, hot shot trucking. Hot shot trucking. All right, cool. So, how is hot shot trucking? What's going on in the hot shot world these days? It's, it's it has its ups and downs, just like anybody else, okay. any other industry or part of the trucking world. But it's good. You got to find your niche, and yeah. so I found my niche in dually trucks and forty foot flatbed trailers. It's very popular. It is. A lot of people are interested in getting in entering into the trucking industry in this way. Why do you think it's so it's become such a popular way to get into the industry? It's I think they see the smaller scale. They see you can get a pickup truck, but they just see it and not knowing the specifics of what to do. It looks appealing to the eye, but you really gotta know how to maximize your profit in order for you to actually even make any money. Mm. So are there margins tight? Um, you just got to get the right equipment, the right equipment and know how to maximize your trailer. Okay. All right. So let's, let's get into the story. So you got into this industry, how? Give us a little bit of your backstory, you know, who you are, where you're from, so forth. You, you, you know how we do it in Truck and Hustle. <laughs> so I am originally from Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha. Isn't that where Warren Buffett is from? It is. Warren have you ever Buffett? been to his house? I have not. I've passed it before. Is it really like a tiny little house somewhere? Um, it's not too big. It's like in the, the Dundee area, which is like by the college that I went to. So I'm in the middle of the city. Yeah. Just a, Just a little house. nice neighborhood. Though, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So Omaha, Nebraska. Yes. So only only thing I know about Omaha is Warren Buffett and then Belly, the scene in Belly yeah, where he was like, I don't of- like that shit. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of the boxer uh terrence crawford of course so he's from omaha he, i didn't know that yes. i didn't know that he's a beast yes all right that's what's up so we got warren we got belly we got b stewart exactly. and we got terrence that's right omaha's finest all right get into it let's go that is right so from omaha nebraska born and raised um was there up until i was 30 and so i always like working or corporate working was never something i desired to do but um, went to school, went to high school, went to college, stayed home. And then I'm like, you know, I don't know what I want to do real next. I got a job as a criminal or excuse me, I got my degree in criminal justice. 
And um, about six months later, I got hired at a huge company called Union Pacific Railroad. I've so heard that was of them. Big yeah. in Nebraska. Okay. And worked in transportation for about six years. But every day, I'm like, this is not what I want to do. Like, mm-mm. coming to work every day, having to be here. This job is boring, but the money was good. What'd so, you do for Union Pacific? So I started off as a crew dispatcher. Okay. And so I was calling the crews to actually get on the trains. And then kind of scheduling how they were called out and making sure they got to work. And then I did some of the billing department, worked in customer service. And my last position there was in logistics, like actually calling a truck to come to the container yard to pick it up. Got it. Got it. And so, but I just knew, like, I always said to, like, I'm going to retire by 35. Mm. Not having a clue what that looked like. Yeah. But, like, working for somebody every day, it just wasn't my wasn't my goal whatsoever. Right. And um, met my husband again back in 2018. We had worked together before previously, and he was just interested in hot shots. But at that time, I was like, oh, I had a travel agent business, so I thought I was, you know. You was doing it. I was doing it. I was booking (laughs) travel, group trips, you know, just something that I love to do. I've always had like an entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. So the travel agency, um, I did hair for a little bit. I used to plan events and parties. Okay. So, just always so you would go get it. Yeah. Just so you were doing all this while you were still working. While at I was Union still working. Pacific. Yeah. So just little side things. Got you. Um, having fun still in my twenties. So just yeah. enjoying life at that point. Okay. Hating my job, but enjoying life on the side. Right. And so he mentioned hot shots, and I'm like, uh, uh, what is that? Right. Dooley truck. What? <laughs> and people will think from Nebraska, like it's country. Like, no, I live in a real city. Yeah. So yeah. I don't see boots and cows and dually trucks. It's not common. And so he kind of had the idea, went and like bought a truck. And I'm like, okay, cool. We now got a dually. Okay. So just jumped right in. Jumped right in. Got it. Now, did he have any previous like experience or know anybody in the business or just kind of heard of this idea randomly? Heard that idea randomly. I think a guy that he uh, knew from back home, an older guy was doing it, but literally just a random, this is what I want to do. Okay. So me being me, I'm like, sure. You know? Okay. <laughs> I researched a little bit. I was like, okay, this looks cool. Okay. But besides that, my dad had driven trucks all my life. Got so it. So I was familiar in trucking. Um, he was a CDL. My mom had her class A CDL, but it was never something that I intended Got it. to get into at that point. Got it. So you start doing your research. What'd you find when you start researching? The maintenance cost was significantly lower. Um, it wasn't just the huge, because 18 wheelers can be in the beginning, like Ooh, a little, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, right, right. the cost fuel mileage is is low. So I'm like, oh, this is a cheaper industry, cheaper and in expense wise and maintenance to get into. Let's go ahead and do it. And then I always thought, too, if I ever go get my CDL, I can hop in here and drive this without, you know, having the fear of being a 18 wheeler on the road. It's right. just a regular truck. Right. It wasn't that intimidating. No, not at all. Got it. So the first dually that your husband went out and purchased, was this a brand new truck? Nope. Tell me about that. It was a 2016 uh, limited Ram 3500. Okay. And so it was nice, or is nice, I'm sorry. Sunroof, heated seats, the big screen, leather seats, like it's nice, mega cab. Okay. Um, It had low miles on it, like 70,000 miles. And like I said, it was a 2016. All right. So got that. And we're in 2018 now or 19? We are in 2019 now. Okay, Beginning of 2019. Copy that. And so we're still working. Um, working jobs, and then the truck sat in the driveway. <laughs> okay. For about eight months. Picking up some dust. Picking up dust. Uh, all right. You know, we decide to let's ride downtown in the dually. So yeah. we, you know, we're driving around a little bit, but it's still just sitting in the driveway. And so I'm like, okay, I gotta research more about this truck and figure out what we're gonna do because he had the idea, but then it was kind of just like. Oh, Okay, we'll get to it when we get to it. Right. But I'm like, we now have three car notes at this point. Like, <laughs> uh, what right. are we doing with this? 100%. And so um, I found out about dispatching. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, if I learn how to dispatch, I can have like the whole operations of my truck. He can go drive. I can dispatch. We don't have to outsource that cost. Another savings during my research. Right. So I found um, a couple dispatch trainings, purchased those. Learned how to dispatch while I was still working. So I'm working, trying to dispatch. I'm like, oh, this is this is a lot. Okay. And then uh, one day he again, with a bright idea, was like, hey, I'm going to quit my job finally. Go get my CDL and drive my truck. 
Okay, so slow down real quick. So you said you're working dispatchers, so you were reaching out to other carriers. Yeah, so Be- found other carriers. A yep, became a freight dispatcher, and okay. I did hot shots. Okay. Because I knew that's what I was going into. You knew that was a lane that right. you wanted to and work in. And I always in. heard, like, you know, once you figure out how to do that part of the industry, you can dispatch anything. Everything's easy, right? Yeah, so it's, you know, you got to figure out your weight, your length, all of that. So I'm dispatching, working, and it's just, it's becoming overwhelming because you... Trying to do two jobs at one time. Yeah. And then you're, you know, you got these other people relying on you to make their money. Right. So it's no, you can't slack on it at any point. How many carriers were you dispatching while so you were I working? So I had four. Four carriers? Do you know how many truck, truck? And, it was, and it was four trucks. They, had, so they four all had one truck. independent yep. individuals with all dually trucks. Yep. Okay. It was four guys. And how did you find them? Honestly, it was like Facebook, social media, like Facebook groups, and then truck stops. Okay. So, like, when I first started, print out flyers, and we would go out to truck stops every weekend. We had moved to Memphis at that time. So, we're literally in Memphis, West Memphis, East Memphis, like, putting flyers on truck stops. Right. Talking to people, connecting. So, what what was what did you find was their biggest challenge at the time, and what made them work with you as a new dispatcher? So, I literally, it, it again, like, niche down. It was that one one truck driver that was the owner that that's all he had. Mm. And so, you know, his wife or if he had a partner, they were doing something else and he was just trying to make it work. Right. So he's trying to maybe dispatch himself or he has somebody, but they're not finding him loads. So it's like, okay, well, let me come help you be a dedicated dispatcher. And then from my research, I'm like, if I get these people right and get their companies together, I know by the time it's time to start mine, I'll be ready to go. Got it. Got it. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. So how long do you dispatch for? Dispatch for about two months. Okay. About a month and a half, almost two months. Okay, got so it. So it happened kind of quick. Got the <laughs> I was going to say that was, that was in and out. Yeah. And so, like I said, the footwork of literally going to those truck stops, talking to people. Right. Um, found the carriers. And then he's like, yeah, I'm going to quit my job. And I think you should, too. And we just go full force. How did you, disso- how did you dis- dissolve those other relationships? So not yet. I still oh, have those. Oh, you still have them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. So okay. I'm fully focused on that. Quit my job. And now I have these carriers plus my truck. Ah, okay. Got it. So now you have your truck to dispatch. Your husband quits his job. And he now you're going to start dispatching him. Yeah. Okay. Continue. So now I have five trucks. Okay. It's okay. a lot. It's a lot a for one lot. person to handle. Right. And so at that point, in, in a lot of that time, too, these guys were, so everybody wasn't running at the same time. One was kind of regional, so he wasn't trying to go far. Um, one would kind of work at his own leisure because it was just something he wanted to do. So about full time, I had five trucks, but really probably three running every day, two and then my one. And so um, we're going, but now I'm, my truck is top priority. I was going to say, isn't that like a conflict of interest? <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> right, because um, your husband is like, yo, oh I, I hear you with the mother four trucks, but uh, but them. we need to make sure that we, we right. We need to make some yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I was like, this is too much. Hmm. So that was the first time I was like, you know what? I'm going to continue to help you guys with your back office and getting your paperwork together, your factoring, whatever you need from me. But I can no longer dispatch for you. Got it. I'm going to drive myself crazy. (laughs) That wasn't it. Starting off, we only a couple months in at this point. Right. So they were all cool with it, still helped them to this day. So they kind of went their own way. And now I'm just fully focusing on mine. Okay. And that was a challenge within itself because it's not just dispatching now. It's every piece that you can think of. Yeah. A factoring. um, Trying to just make sure all the pieces make sense. You got paperwork. Like... This is a, I've had a business before, but this is a business. Real you know, business. With, with way more money coming in on a regular basis than anything else I've done before. For sure. So talk about getting started, getting set up. Did you set up everything yourself or did, did. you outsource any of nope. it? Tell me about it. It was all just, when I say like I started everything with trial and error, like that's what it was. So uh, me and him had set up the LLC one night and then got the motor carrier authority. And so that was that was there. And then after that, it was like, all right, let's reach out to some factoring companies, talk to a few, still really not knowing. It was a little bit of research. But at that time, hotshot trucking wasn't like it is now. Right. So there was only a couple other people doing it. So it was figuring out, okay, you got to get your MC number, got to file your BOC3, your UCR, you know, get your annual inspection. So did it all myself. Got it. So you get the company up and going. Yes. And, and that now at this point... You're solely focused on truck. Y- your truck, right? 
All right. So tell me about it. After you get going, what do you do? Now you have to kind of find a niche. You got to find out how you're going to make money. Yes. Where are you at in this point financially? Tell me yes. how things are looking for you. Financially, myself or the business? The business. Yeah, it's, it's rough because now you got to find a driver. So now I'm paying a driver and then you got to find a good driver. So I went through a few drivers in the first couple of months. So your husband hopped out the truck. Well, he actually got a job offer. Okay. A couple of weeks after we really got rolling. Yeah. It was like, okay. And so the it was beneficial for our household. So it's like, got okay, it. you go take that. Got it. I'm going to run this. And at that point, it was either I run this or I go to work. Got it. And I was like, yeah, we're not going <laughs> to do that one. So let me figure out this trucking industry. Okay. And so we find some drivers. Um, the first one was terrible, just... Because you don't know. So you like, do you know how to change straps? These binders? Oh, yeah, yeah, I got that. Mm-hmm. Not at all. So found another one was a younger guy. And you're um, doing CDL. Yep, CDL. So okay. straight CDL set up because we carry up to about 18,000 pounds on ours. Gotcha. What it's, made you decide to go CDL as opposed to non getting started? Um, I, I learned that you can carry more weight and you can make more money. Got it. And so your CDL is limited to about 8,000 pounds that you can actually put on there once you count your equipment in there. Right. And I'm like, well, that isn't. That's not going to work for That's me. That's not going to work for me. Got it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you get started. You said you have some issues with the first couple of drivers. First couple of drivers, just not knowing, um, trying to figure it out. Right after that is when they started the ELD mandate, too. Mm. So right after we started, I think it was about December 2019. Yeah. And so now it's figuring out, hey, by the way, you have to work this ELD. And then it's like, oh, we both working this out together. <laughs> you ain't really knowing. I'm not knowing. Like, right. sir, this is... Both of our livelihoods at this point. For sure. So learning through that, um, I lost a lot of money the first six months, but I also made a lot of money. And I say, like, we grossed over 100 k the first six months. And that was kind of knowing coming in, like, I got to make $5,000 a week. Okay. Like, my company needs to gross that in order for me to see a profit in this and just knowing what that was. And so he cost me a lot of money just in repairs, <laughs> being reckless, you know, just not paying attention. Where'd you find him? Indeed. Indeed. So I'm thinking, you know, I got some good right. quality candidates right, here. Right, 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 right. No. Didn't, didn't work out. No. Okay. Some of my worst people came from. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Okay, okay. What, what, uh, so, so you said basically he, he cost you some money, some issues, probably tore up the equipment a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Um, but he kind of, he got you started, right? He did. Um, and I was learning as he was learning. So we were figuring out the, the kinks, what was working and what wasn't. Yeah. Tell me about that. You said you learned through trial and error. Tell me about some of those trials and some of those errors. Oh. All right, guys, Truck and Hustle has now partnered with Transpo CFO, powered by Venning. Transpo CFO offers a streamlined monthly subscription for businesses to consolidate their accounting, payroll, and tax needs into one flat monthly rate, saving businesses a tremendous amount of time and money while making their financial operations much smoother for the long road ahead. Check out Transpo CFO in the description below and tell them Truck and Hustle sent you. Now, let's get back to the show. The first huge one was like learning how the brakes worked on a 40 foot trailer. Okay. And so he had the brake setting in the truck too high. And so he was literally tearing up my trailer brakes mm. because all the pre- as soon as he's braking, pressure is just constantly being applied to it. So the first time we take it to the shop, and it's a brand new trailer, and like, yeah, you need brakes, rotors, calories. And we're like, whoa, <laughs> we six months in. Right. How did we get here? And so not knowing that, because you buy the trailer, but they, they're not about to teach you, you know, all the little ins and outs components. Right. So he tore up my brakes, rotors, calibers, got caught. Um, what was he doing wrong? So the setting was too high in the truck. Yeah, the setting too high so in the that, truck. So that, like, if it's at a, a 8, 9, 10, it's just that every time you press in on your brakes, your right. trailer is just back there. Oh, Oof. man. Just- oh, man. <laughs> uh, and that's not something that he could hear or he would... He would be able, there's, there's no indications it, or but, feelings. But he probably didn't know what he was feeling. Right, right, right. Because so, he, didn't, he didn't know. And he no. probably didn't care. <laughs> no. He was okay. getting loads, making money. So right. um, that was one of the very first times we got placed out of service. And that was up in Utah. Mm. Trailer, no trailer brakes. You had an inspection. Yep. DOT inspection. DOT inspection. And no brakes. No brakes. Okay. So at that point, we like, yeah, he had had some other mechanical repairs during that time. 
And I'm like, yeah, this guy is costing me more money than anything at this point. Like, my profit is now repairs. Right. So, like, yeah, you got to go. Got That's it. That's not going to work. What, what, what were you paying him? We were paying him 25% at the time. Okay. So, 25% of the load. 25% of the load. What, what made you pay in that way? Um, I had heard by the miles, but then I'm like, you may have some deadhead miles. Or what if the miles are high and the rate is low? So, I just wanted it to be... Very transparent in a sense, too. And then I don't want to calculate your mileage on the thing. you showing me where you went, you know, where you were. It just seemed to be too much for me. So I'm like, I'm going to go this route of giving you 25% of this load. Got you. And do you still operate that way? Yes, if I was to hire a driver. Okay, yes. if hiring a driver, yeah. you'd still go with the 25%. Mm-hmm. I'd still go with the percent. Okay, cool. All right, so now you, um, you, you, you're in the game, you're learning. Tell me about from the dispatching component, like what type of loads do you like? Where, where do you like to go to find freight? Yeah. Tell me about that. So we now, um, we have good relationship with brokers as well as some shippers. But Truck Stop is my go-to load board if I'm okay. going to use one. I don't like DAT as much. And I know that's why. Good. I don't know. So usually I like the off, industry standard, Yeah, right? I started off with Truck Stop. It's clear to me when I look at it. Um, DAT was just, and I found a lot of loads that were being double brokered on DAT maybe in the beginning. Mm. So that could have been a reason why I just kind of stayed away from it. I'll go there as backup, but it's definitely not my go-to. Got it. And so we carry mostly like machinery, pipe. Um, we now do a lot of oversized loads too. So anything wide... Uh, we usually are like, yep, give me that because it pays more. Um, it takes a little bit more work, but the pay you're compensated for. Got you. Did you find it? Um, did the t- truck stop have like a, a a lot of work on there when you're they on did. there? Or? Yeah, so it had a lot of work on there from the beginning. Um, like I said, learning your settings, learning what filters to put on there, just to be able to maximize what you're you're putting on your trailer. Got it. How, how do you how do you talk about that? Like your filters and your settings? Yeah. So I'm not just looking at high shot. So I'm looking at high shot, flatbed, flatbed, step deck. Anything flatbed related, and then mm. I'm putting my weight capacity in there. So I won't go over 18,000, but anything else is fair game. Okay. And how do you know what's a good load in terms of price? It just depends on the distance. So we're more regional-based now. So we're out of Dallas, and I usually try to stay within 500 miles from our, our radius. Okay. And that's just because I can control fuel costs more in essence. And then different terrains mean that you're going to spend more money. Okay. You're going to have more wear and tear on your truck. So in the beginning, we were going all over, not realizing that this truck is really working when it gets to these mountains in West Virginia right. or Utah or Wyoming. Wyoming. So figuring out, like, if we stay in this Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, we're good. Got it. How, how many days are you out? Do you stay out? Just consistently? So my drivers, I give them the expectation to stay out two weeks. Okay. Not saying that you have to or that it's going to be strict, but I can't guarantee you to be home every week or every weekend. So at least two weeks. At least two weeks. Okay. All right. So let's get back into the story. So uh, our guy tears up the truck. Tears up the truck. Tears up the trailer. Tears up the trailer. (laughs) You have your DOT inspection. You get shut down. Kind of continue from there. What what So we bring it back. We get some repairs done to it. And at that point, it's like, okay, now we got to go back through the hiring process. So I find another driver. He was on it. Because Indeed was really the only place to find people at that time. Right, right. Or the only like reputable place. Reputable place that I thought so. Aside from like Craigslist. Right. And Craigslist. No yeah, good candidates were coming know, from there. You don't know what's coming out yeah, of crazy. Yeah, I don't. Although there are, I've found good drivers on crazy really? before. Yeah, but I've heard people have You too. have, but it's like, you, it's you not. You got to vet them a little bit more than yeah, anything yeah, yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. So um, I found another driver and he had high shot experience. Okay. So I'm like, okay, great. Because before I was looking more so flatbed experience. Uh, At that point, again, not knowing that there's a huge difference in a dual, you know, a high shot setup and a regular flatbed setup. Right. So he had high shot experience and he was amazing. Um so now we're we've went through those hurdles of maintenance and not knowing. Now it's time to go make money. So right. now it's again fully focusing on this business, figuring out how we can maximize his pockets so that he's invested in the company and that we can get benefit from it too on this side. Okay. And how do you do that? And so that was really Making him, I had to realize I had to make him comfortable in where he wanted to go. So I never was a big on forced dispatching. But if you tell me, hey, I don't like Chicago because of the traffic, well, I'm going to probably steer away from there. Because Mm. if I'm forcing you to go there, 
you just, you know, you got an attitude. You're not taking care of it like you would. Right. So now, you know, going into it as a partnership at that point. This mm. isn't my driver. This is my partner because if we're not working together, nothing good is going to no, come out of it. Nothing going to work. So kind of figuring out what he liked, what he didn't like, and getting loads that were either going that way, um, staying in a... We didn't have our region pinpointed like we do now. Okay. But giving him options of being like, hey, we thinking about this. What are you thinking about? And that that turned out to be a great communication source. And it eliminated a lot of unknowns at that point, too. Okay, got it. So what 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 did he like? Where did you end up sending him to talk about? Like, So he was cool with the Midwest. He wasn't, he didn't mind snow. Northeast, he said no. Just the traffic, the tolls. Yeah. That was one place he did not want to go. Um, I don't travel to California anyway. So that California, Seattle, Washington, we pretty much avoided. But just keeping him more centrally located, northeast, out the way. But Pennsylvania, he would do. Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, kind of just bringing them down in a circle. Got it. And what type of commodities? At that point, we were hauling a little bit of anything. I mean, it could be farm equipment. It could be machinery, pipe, um, anything that'll fit with the weight and the, the length restriction, we would take it. Got it. What was your strategy in terms of like loading? Are you looking for partial loads? Are you looking for full? So I've never load? been a, a partial load person. Why? Because to me, it's a, it's a risk. So I can get you one now, but I got to make sure that I have something else to put that with it or the first one was pointless. Mm. And then it's like, okay, if we load, um, let's say in Dallas and you're going to Pennsylvania, I got to make sure you're at least, if you don't stop by, by the time you get to Memphis and have anything, there's no need to keep going because now we're all moving at less than what we plan to per mile. Mm. So you'd always look for full truck loads. So I would go more towards full truck loads. That way, and then the stops too. So you got to make sure if you pick it up close, you make sure all your stops are close too. Because you can't have one over here in Pennsylvania and the other one down here in North Carolina. It's not making sense at that point. Got it. Tell me about, um, you know, some stories, some challenges that you had on the road with, with, with your drivers that people can kind of expect to, you know, if they want to follow your yeah. path. Tell, tell me some things that happen. Getting again, people who are experienced and know how to load, too. So there's been times where someone maybe have or a driver has went to go load up some equipment and they're like, oh, well, I don't know where to put this or I don't know where to load it. Or, you know, like you loaded too far on the axles, too much weight. Now we popping tires. Right. And so figuring out that there's a lot of times if someone has something that they're not familiar with, let's hop on a FaceTime, you know, just because so many things have happened that way. Um, making sure that they have proper equipment. So if it's calling for chains and binders, making sure you know how to use those, making sure they're long enough, like just kind of micromanaging your your business at that point. We haven't had any, um, I'm trying to think. You know, I did. There were, we had jet pools one time and the top of it, one of the tops fell off as she was like in the middle of the interstate in Louisiana. Oh, wow. And it was because they had told her at that point, you can tighten it, but not too tight because it's going to ruin it. Mm. So at that point, it's like she's, you know, trying to make sure she don't damage the equipment and we end up losing a top in the middle of the highway. Oh, wow. That's kind of scary. Yes. Man, man. Exactly. What do you, when, when you're sending your drivers out, you talk about being prepared, um, you know, with chains and so forth and so on. Do you give them like checklists or how, I how do, do, how do so you do So we have that? inventory sheets. And so what I do is I make sure before you go out, you have enough straps, enough chains and binders. We got PPE gear, um, cones, any edge protectors, zip ties, making sure everything that I know that you need to load up that you have with you. Because a lot of times it's difficult. You pulling a 40-foot trailer trying to go into a Home Depot or maybe a Northern Tool for something that you need. And you just may not have the time to do it either. Got it. And then I do the, we do monthly inventory list checks too. Because there could be a point to where you may have thrown away a strap because it was bad maybe a month ago. You may or may not have ever replaced it. We may go somewhere where they need 12 straps and you got 10. True. So now it's like, okay, do we have enough to go out? Does everybody have all the equipment that they need to make sure that they can secure it? Got it. How how is it? Uh, how, how is it dealing with like your customers the, in terms of like getting unloaded, so forth? Does that ever ca cause any type of issues? It does. It causes delays because sometimes you can get to a job site and they not be there. I had that happen this morning. 
like this I'm morning. here this morning. I'm okay. here. Nobody's here. Yeah. Okay. It's eight thirty. You were there at seven thirty. Right. Um. They. I called and they were like, "Yeah, somebody's ten minutes away. Like we're an hour and forty minutes out at the, <laughs> what? Um, Are you billing for detention? Yeah. So detention, and they're most of the time they're very understanding of that too because they know they messed up at some point. Right. Um. But just making sure. You know, if you're if you're loading or unloading and we got something next for you set up, like make sure you keep it moving. You may not have time to make everything, you know, as pretty, but pull it, put it up, secure it and let's get to the next the next loading. Got it. So for you as a dispatcher and and as a business owner, like what is the what is your methodology or like your 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 keys to dispatching your truck? Like when you look at your week ahead and you're planning First, like when do you, when do you start your planning? Yeah, right. And then what are you looking at when you're like kind of forecasting? How much money are you trying to make? Like, what's your just ideal when you're looking at the week? Yeah. So I'm not personally dispatching. Okay. But our team. So what we're looking at is. Excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did for so long. <laughs> it's so time consuming. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So I have a weekly minimum of five thousand. And I've kept that just because. Why did you choose that number? Because you said that earlier. Because I want to make twenty thousand. I want to gross that truck at twenty thousand a month. Okay. And at twenty thousand, that's just a personal goal. It's a personal goal. I should be able to see about four thousand of that without doing anything. Got it. Was my got it. So gross gross twenty and bring home a quarter of that. Yep. Okay. And so um, that's always like as soon as we started during the pandemic. Now, like every truck needs to hit five thousand a week. Okay. And that way, with my breakdowns, everybody's able to see their money if we're doing that efficiently. And so uh, we make sure now that again, everyone knows that. So unless you got something coming up midweek or whatever time it is, then you know that we're going out here to make five k this week at a minimum. At a minimum. Yeah, at a minimum. Now, do you consistently hit that goal? Or we do. Yeah. Okay. And it could be the one offs to where, hey, I need to go home. Or, you know, I have an emergency or, you know, something, a breakdown. So those, it kind of fluctuates at times. It's always going to be something that okay. goes in there. But five is like the minimum. Now, I really want you to hit six per week. <laughs> <laughs> right. You hitting six really makes everybody happy. But right. But five is like, hey, if we didn't hit five, we got issues what, all around. What has been your best week? Do you remember? I've had 12K weeks. Um, Oversized does that. We've had $14,000 weeks. It just... But those are those are not as consistent right. as that. But with the right driver, the right equipment, like you can make money for sure. I mean, so yeah, that's so that's like a six to eight thousand dollar difference. So you said the oversize yeah. is what made the difference exactly. So why not try to attach attack those loads more? And so we do. Okay. That's what we do. So we work with. Um, we got a couple shippers that. Don't call us as frequently, but, you know, the one-offs. And then we have brokers that we'll work with, too, to attack those more than anything. Okay. But, again, you got to have the right driver that's able that to handle do that. It. Right. So not everybody is going to take a 14, 16-foot load. It's true. Yes. True. Very Responsibility. true. Responsibility. Makes sense. Yes. Makes sense. I mean, it might be out there, but that don't mean it's good for you. That don't mean it's good for, sure. for you. It might be good for you. Yeah. Right. 100%. So, Having those uh, weekly minimums there and then every day making sure that we maximize the trailer. So I say that I don't necessarily like partials, but they have to come up sometimes. But my one pick, one drop. So if you pick up, you know the destination you're going to. And then having them something there when they drop. So it's not like we're sitting for hours or days or waiting because then that's going to knock down the the profit that we see that week. Got it. Okay. So we're back to planning planning the week, mm-hmm. the, the over the overlook. Um, so we know we want to make at least $20,000 per week month. Uh, per month. Yeah. I'm sorry. $5,000 per week. Yes. Right. And, um, in terms of where you're going, you're going where you said. So now we're pretty much going Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana. We may do Kansas, Missouri, Tennessee. Okay. That's about as far as we'll go with our Texas drivers. What's that radius? How much? It's miles? about 500. 500 mile yeah, radius? Yeah, 500 okay. mile radius. All right. So you stay within that radius. Yes. Okay. Keep on going. Um, I have a Chicago driver, so he'll kind of go in that Wisconsin, Minnesota, um, Nebraska, Missouri, down to Kentucky, you know, and back up Ohio. So keeping just the people in the radiuses that they're in. And then we start on a Monday and you're ending on Saturday to take your 34 hour reset. You're ending on Saturday. Okay, mm-hmm. got you. And you're taking your 34 on the road? Yep, most so likely. So where do you have your guy? You get him a hotel? 
So I don't because our percentages changed too. Woo. So that first guy, he was doing the 25% and mm-hmm. he was like, hey, this is good and all, but when I go to account for hotels, it kind of isn't enough. And so at that point, I'm like, well, I don't want to choose what hotel you stay in, how much you pay for a hotel. So we'll bump it up to 30%. And then you, you now take care can decide you sleep. when you want to sleep in a truck, when you want to sleep in a hotel. Makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. And that seems to that's that been working perfectly. Okay. Okay. Got it. So they take their 34. You said that's usually two weeks, right? So usually, like say you start at home, One. you'll take your 34 this weekend on the road. Right. And then the next weekend, you'll probably be back be at back home. Be back at home. Yeah. Because yeah. you take your, you do your 70, do your 34, then come back. Yeah. And then, you're and then home. head back home. Okay. Okay. Got it. All right. So right now, where what does the company look like? What are you doing? So we've changed the business model altogether and okay. we lease on owner operators. Okay. So you have to have your own. Why'd you make that change? Maintenance. Maintenance. Cost. Cost. So 2021, the beginning, I went out and bought two trucks. One in January, one in February. Okay. So now I have, at that time, I had three drivers, three trucks, mm-hmm. three trailers, three maintenance bills on a, a regular basis. There's a lot of threes, basis. man. Three. Just three. You know what else comes in threes? What's that? Death. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what happened to that part of the program. I do not have a, a, a company driver to this day. That is done. Got you. Nope. So, uh... It was, it was, what was it? Just a lot. You said the maintenance portion the maintenance of it. Por- the drivers were tearing Finding up the drivers too. So the that finding was, drivers. Okay. Yeah. So that was kind of, we were coming out of pandemic, but people didn't want to work at that point. Okay. So found a driver. No, bought. So we have one truck. That driver is in that. We buy two more. So now I got to find two more drivers. Yeah. Find a guy. Um, he takes an oversized load to New Jersey. He goes the wrong way. He oh, gets a man. ticket. <laughs> Okay. He tells me he quits. Okay, of course. Perfect time to quit. Sir, you got the ticket, not me. <laughs> right, right, right. So uh, my husband is working at the time, full time. So me and my dad, who has a CDL, fly into Arkansas, get the truck, deliver the load. And now I'm on the road for like two months because I still can't find a driver. Oh, wow. So at that point, too, I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't know if buying more trucks was the best idea for me. Right. Because I was home and now I'm not home. So navigating through that, um, then I finally find drivers to get in them. And then it's like, no one treats your equipment like you. Mm. And you may find one or two that really love your truck and trailer and what you do. But mm, the majority are like, I'm trying to collect a check. Right, right. And that's what I had. And so the end of or the middle of 2021, with three trucks, so insurance went up. I'm probably... Forty thousand dollars in repairs just from mm. the death going out, uh, replacing axles. I mean, it just was. I said, yeah, "This is this it's crazy. work." Yeah. yeah, I can't. So I, I bought more trucks to make money, but I'm losing more money at the same time. Wow! And so at that point, um, decided to restructure the program to lease on owner operators. Okay. So by that, the end of 2020, I had one of my best guys, and he had been with me for about 10, 12 months, ten months at that time. And he wanted to buy the truck. So I'm like, okay, well, let's see how this will work. Yeah. So we moved him to a 70-30 split. So now he gets 70%. I get 30. I take care of insurance, factoring, uh, dispatching, any back office admin work. You got a truck and trailer. You pay for your fuel, your own maintenance. Mm. And that's no longer on me. Got it. Got it. So that's been all of 2022. So no more company drivers. Okay. I don't I don't hear anything about a that Brittany needs to pay for a maintenance cost <laughs> or a breakdown. Right. You break down, let me find somebody to repair that for you instead of how much is this gonna cost me? Right, right. So But you still have the liability. You still have the liability. Because it still yeah. is your authority. Yeah, yeah. It's still my my partner, right. you know, in a sense, but it's not my cost. Okay. Instead of yours. Okay, got it. So so he bought all three trucks? No, he bought one. Okay. And so he he bought one in about six months. And so literally he was working for us. He was leased on and he was paying the note on a truck. Okay. And so we were like, okay, this this works. I like this a lot better than <laughs> right, what the, we did. The alternative. Yeah. So at the time, are, the, are you are you sitting the other two or are you, are you running them still company? So at the time, my husband now quits his job and he comes back. Okay. So he's running one. Okay. And then we did a lease to purchase on another one too. Okay. Yeah. And so now it makes sense because now again, I'm reducing my costs in a sense and 
And the partner, the driver gets more responsibility in that too. And again, you're treating it like it's yours. Got skin in the game now. Yeah. So you're not just, we're not just buying equipment, putting a driver in it and losing money. Gotcha. That's not working. Gotcha. Okay. It makes sense. So you you do that now to this day. Yes. Now have you grown that fleet or have you stayed at the stayed at the three? So we have we grown it, we grew it to nine this spring. But then it's again like you can't just jump into the industry not knowing your equipment and not knowing what makes sense. So back in the spring, we had nine trucks. Three of those trucks were brand new. Well, 2021, 2022s, in my opinion, their fuel mileage sucks. Mm. And so now you like, well, I'm spending all this money in fuel. I'm not seeing my profit. But my older used trucks over here, like, we're good because right. our, our fuel mileage is a lot better. Right. And so, like I said, we were up to nine. That was amazing. But just realizing. So, again, we're learning like, OK, well, you know what? A brand new truck is not going to work for this industry. You know, it's not going to work because in our experience, you don't see the profit in it because you're spending because more of the fuel. fuel mileage. Yep. OK, that's interesting. How do you find the people that you work with? So now it's the power of social media. You know, everybody that we have on the team has been from social media. Okay. I went away from Indeed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And it's just, it's it's the vetting process too. So it's no different than anything else. You know, if I find you on Indeed, Facebook, Instagram, we still go through a hiring process and just figuring out if being as transparent as possible and figuring out if we're going to be a good fit for each other at that point. So you got to have your own truck and trailer. Um, It can't be older than five years, but then again, I don't want brand new either so that in between probably 2017 to 2019 yeah um have a 40 foot trailer so i don't do nine cdl so anything less than a 40 foot okay i cannot help you got it and i also need two 12k axles because i want to maximize literally what i can put on that trailer okay i don't want to have to max it out at fourteen thousand. i want to max it out at 16 to 18 Got it, got it. You got some criteria there. A little bit, Okay, yeah. okay. Now- <laughs> and you need a class A CDL, clean MVR, like no accidents, no tickets, and just be really willing to work. You know, so many people be like, oh, yeah, I want to do it. And then when I tell you, like, okay, and you got to make 5K a week, like, oh, I wasn't looking for that. <laughs> okay, well, it's not going to make sense for none of us. Right, you know? right, right. Because we still got insurance costs on this side. We still got admin fees. We still, you know, so... I can't take you if you just coming in like, oh, I just want to make a little little money run little two or three something. days a week. Like, yeah, yeah it's yeah, not going to yeah. work. I got you. All right. And now you also start building out your team as well, right? Yes. Because you you alluded earlier that you don't dispatch no, anymore. I do right. Not. So tell me about how you start to grow the company and how that what that looks like. Yeah. So grow, growing the company at first, we did external dispatching. And that's a whole other thing, too. When you say external dispatch, what do you mean? Like Hiring out, out, the dispatcher. Okay. Out, yeah. Outside of, outside of okay. the company, paying okay. them a percentage. But again, your truck really doesn't have priority over anybody else's. Just like I knew that when I dispatched. You <laughs> right. know? So, like, right. how can you choose if you got five carriers, who goes first? Right. Who are you spending more time on as one person? Right. And so, um, for a while, like, we went through a lot of dispatchers for a while, trying to see who worked. We would spend probably nine to 12 months with one, just because you got to really give that person an opportunity. And so they were pretty good for a while. And then your truck starts to get lost. And mm. you're like, hey, did you, fit, <laughs> Remember did you get somebody new over here or something? <laughs> right, like, right, right, what right. about mine? Right. And so I would say about the summertime, it was like, yeah, we're going to have to bring this back in. Mm. Just because we just seen priority wasn't being taken in our equipment. And so at that time, it was either um, I had a couple owner operators who wives were dispatchers. And so now you're just dispatching your own husband. So I know you got to take care of your household, too. And so that worked out for a while. And then it was it got to be like, let's let's hire someone in-house to do it. And hiring people again is hard, just like a CDL driver. For sure. So figuring out like dispatching isn't an easy job. Like you looking at your phone, you calling shippers and brokers all day like you're negotiating like, don't just see something and think, yeah, that's good. Like, no, there's always more money in that. That's right. Always. That's right. That's right. Okay. So building a team has been, it's been a, a blessing for sure. Cause now everybody has their own part of what they do. So you have the, you have the nine, do you still have the nine trucks? No. So we're down to six. You're down to six. Yeah. So you have six truck, well, six dualies out now. Yep. Uh, and trailers. And then you have how many dispatchers working for you? One dispatcher. One dispatcher. Yeah. Um, my husband is one of the six, so he kind of okay. does his own thing. Okay. You know, and then um, I have one dispatcher and then my operations manager jumps in when she can or if need be 
to kind of keep the other ones moving. Okay. And so that's been a, it's been good too, because even though we stay in a radius, everybody's not in the same spot, you know, with oversized loads, it may take a little longer to get there. So you can kind of plan out what it looks like for one person. Got it. All right, cool. So then you got into consulting at some point. Yes. When did you add that to your business and why did you get into consulting? So that was 2020. So about two and a half years ago. And it was people kept asking like, "Ooh, what did y'all do? How did y'all do that? Uh, teach me. <laughs> right. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let me tell you. And I would tell people and they would be like, okay. Like, did you do something with it? Or <laughs> right. Did you just call me to talk? Right. And so um, as, bu- as building the hot shot business with the one truck, I'm on the phone now just talking to random people because I'm kind of building a social media presence. Posting what we do. So people are like, hey, can I talk to you again? Sure. Yeah. And my husband was like, yeah, like you spend a lot of time on the phone, but ain't nothing really, (laughs) ain't no money coming in from it. (laughs) And so I'm like, you know, this might be. um..." So I started out B. Stewart Consulting, my consulting company. Yeah. And started off with one guy. Well, before that, when I first started and gave away one of my first trucks, I was still doing his back office. So I would factor every load of his. I would make sure, um, get his COIs to the brokers. I would fill out his carrier packet. So I had always kind of been consulting in a sense right. since I started. But it was like, oh, I can do that with my eyes closed because I've been doing it. And so um, I had a guy come in July of 2020. And he was like, show me what to do. And I was like, okay. He was like, I'll pay you. Okay. So... It was very inexpensive at that time because I'm like, this is my first client. <laughs> right, right, right. Showed him what to do. He's still running to this day. Nice. Um, Still got his one truck, one trailer because that's what he has, like he has a, well, he hit that he's in. He's bought a semi and he has that leased on to somebody. But rolling from what we learned and I'm like, okay, so he did this. He listened. You know, he followed the steps. Right. Maybe I can make this like. Uh, actual business over here, consulting. And so that's what I did from there. So I've been teaching since summer of 2020. So I have hotshot trucking masterclasses. Um, I teach a dispatch training and that's again, niche specific to hotshot trucking. Yeah. And then, um, just trying to teach people like you can go out and buy equipment, but literally you have to buy the right equipment in order for you to make money. Got it. Biggest misconception about the hotshot trucking in, uh, industry. What would you say that is? Um, one truck, one trailer is going to make you rich. Mm. Because when that one truck is down, that's it. That's it. Yeah. So you have to diversify what you're going to do. Really figure out your niche as well. But don't just bank it all on one truck, one trailer. And a driver now too. Because now you have another person who is hands-on in your business. Got it. Got it. A, a, a typical startup first year. What and I, of course, you know this can change. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what would you say someone could expect to make if they run kind of like the way the way you run, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I can expect um, like if you went out and bought a truck and trailer, you can make seventy five to one hundred k the first year. Literally knowing your numbers at that sense too. So and that's a lot net. Of, that's that's gross. gross okay. Yeah, gross. Oh no, net. I'm that's sorry. Net. Yeah, 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 yeah. Net. Um, knowing your numbers too, knowing your equipment, having the right dispatcher or someone find you those loads, and just paying attention to your business because so many people just get in there, see somebody on YouTube like, yeah, I'm gonna go buy a truck. Right. I'm gonna go buy a trailer, and then I'm gonna put a driver in it, and then I'm gonna be rich. Like, no. You're not. <laughs> For sure. You're not. Because even when that one truck is down, you still got a driver who's like, I'm not making no money. Yeah. So at any point, at any, you know, with parts being delayed and shops being backed up, your driver can now be like, oh, I'm going to find me a new job because you're not paying me here. So. Just teaching people how to just make it make sense for you and not to only like what you see on social media doesn't mean like that's it. Yeah. That's not the. The reality of it. Got it. What's the most important, if you could narrow it down, like three things that you should be thinking about before you get started in the hotshot business? Is it something that you're really passionate about? Mm. So don't look at it as a quick investment to put 10000 in and you're going to make 100000 in 12 months. Or, you know, however you see that that profit of it, because it's, it's not like that. I don't think trucking is passive in a sense of either... You're in it 100% or you're going to be an investor and just go buy the equipment. And now you're collecting a check. 
Right. But you got to literally work on your business and know it. Otherwise, people can get over on you so easy. So knowing your business, um, knowing your numbers, like have those minimums per week. Know how much fuel is actually your driver is spending. Because there's people have give their driver a fuel card and they just filling up. Right. You know, right. not paying attention. Maybe not going to a, a cheaper gas station or... Um, Knowing like what we do too in the beginning is we do fuel mileage. So I lost so much money in 2019 or 2020 with fuel and I would send my drivers like a breakdown. So if you're going 400 miles, I know your MPG is 10 on that load, you know, with weight and the terrain you're going in. Yeah. 40 gallons of fuel times, let's say $5. You about to spend about $200 in gas, you know? So just knowing like you got to know all of your pieces because if not, you won't see a profit. You're going to be down bad. You're going to be down bad. <laughs> then you're going to be like, trucking is dead. It's no good. <laughs> you know, I, I shouldn't have done this. Yeah, they lied yeah. to me. Like, no, they didn't. Right. They didn't. Right. And you and you also mentioned a little bit earlier that you have to make sure you get the right equipment. Yes. So what do you advise people in terms of equipment to get started with? So there are a lot of people now who just see like dually truck and trailers. So I've had people who call me and say, Hey, I got a gas 3500. Like I don't I can't do anything with that. You need a diesel truck. Like you need a diesel truck, get a Ram 3500, 4500, 55 or a Ford 35450. It doesn't matter each one. They both pull great. Um and getting a 40-foot trailer. So if you're going to have a CDO truck, get a CDO trailer. <laughs> don't go buy a 30-foot trailer. Think it again, you're going to make the same money as the person you've seen online cuz that's not going to happen. Um, so getting a 40 foot trailer, like getting mega ramps if you can, because that helps out a lot in where you are. Making sure your axles are 212K axles, making sure you got 16 ply tires, you know, just don't just go out and buy what you see that's on there, but really do your due diligence and research and getting equipment that's going to make you money. Do you have any type of checklist or anything like that available where people could look to yeah. get that information? And I got a free of, checklist in the bio. Look, look at that. That literally And has, I didn't even know that. <laughs> literally has what kind of equipment to get, what you need to get started, like all your filings, like literally check it off one by one. The whole, the whole shebang? So they don't need you. You already gave it away for free. I just be trying. To- <laughs> you just be need, trying to help. You need me to hold your hand through it because still ain't gonna really know what to do. <laughs> nah, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just messing with but you. But yeah, I do, and that's why. Like again, there was no one showing what hot shot trucking was when I started. So I'm like, let me really show people. Like this is what you need to do. Yeah, this is what this looks like. Like. It's not all about the money in a sense, too, because you got to have everything else right in order for you to even make money. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of women in hot shots, Rocky. It's not. Do you, very do, few do of you us. know anybody? Do you have like a little... I, I know you have a community. Yeah, yeah. Right? So in your community, like what percentage is women? That I talk to that on you, a regular that you talk basis. To, yeah, like, or, or that you even just seen that you're like, hey, hey, girl, I noticed you. Five. Five percent. Five percent. It's very small. It's very small because women think like, oh, I can't do that. You can go drive, you know, a drive van, but now it's enclosed. You don't have to use chain straps, binders, tarps. Very, it could be very physical. Yeah, right? it could be very physical. And 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 there's a knowledge base that comes with it. It is. And it's very uh, it's scary too, man. It can be. You know, if you don't know what you're if doing. If you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, you, you, you chain and all oh, that? Oh, yeah. Who taught you how to do all that? You taught yourself? Uh, trial and error. <laughs> Tell you, Shaden and Tarvin. <laughs> so for you, for you as a woman, yeah. right? So speak to the women out there now who may be scared, who may be on a fence, right? I mean, is it something that they should look into? It and, is. And, and, and if so, like, what type of woman is this for? Just the woman who is determined. Um, like, if you have a passion to do something for yourself, if you have a passion to get into trucking, and you want to drive a dually with a forty foot trailer, like, go ahead and do it. Like, don't feel like you can't use chain straps, binders, tarps. I always, because I've had a couple of women drivers too. I'm like, if you don't, if you can't do something, there's men that's at your loading place. Like, <laughs> right. go talk. Right, right, what right. What are you doing? <laughs> hey, can you help me? Yeah. Ain't nobody going to be like, no. Right. Like, nobody's going to let a woman just sit there and struggle. But you can do it. Like, there's nothing 
we do securement classes too. So we have okay. done that. We did one last this February and we'll do another one come February too. And we get women that come out there too. And That's we teach dope. them how to change straps, binders. I don't use tarps. They're very heavy. Gotcha. So I do steer away from that. Okay. But um, I've done some with my husband and with the team before. But you can do it. Like it's nothing. I do it with my nails on. <laughs> I do it without nails on. Like it's it's okay. Yeah. You using the same. Like you got the same. You may not have... The actual strength of a guy, but you can tie that down to where you feel good and secure about it. And 100%. it's not going nowhere. A hundred percent. What is the uh, the landscape of the industry from when you first got started mm-hmm. to now? And is this the time to get into hot shot trucking yeah. right now, today? Yes. Why do you say that? Because we always going to have ups and downs in economy. And I tell anybody I survived covid where the world was shut down and trucks continue to move. Right. Um, no matter what we do, what we use, like everything is moving by truck. So I don't see that with gas prices going up, with rates going down. You know, it'll it'll level itself back out. It, like any other market, like any other industry, but it's still a good time to get into it. How has it impacted your business personally? Um, again, with rates being a little bit lower, but then it's like our team knows how to dispatch. So we have patience in it. Um, and just, you got to be strategic and you got to use your resources. And again, with when gas, and that's when I did the 500 mile radius, when gas spiked up. Cause I'm like, I can't send these people if they live in Texas to Pennsylvania. And now you were paying maybe 450 and now it's 750 or 650 a, a gallon. Right. And so realizing we're going to zone in on this region and. Let's say you you may not make, I can't guarantee that you're going to hit 7,000, but you're going to make your five and we still going to stay in this area where we can control and know what gas is as you're going up there. Got it. Do you focus on direct contracts? That has been the goal. It's hard to get. It's not as easy as people make it seem like go call a shipper and they're yours. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. So we have a couple direct ones. We have a couple direct brokers that end up being really well too. And that's just building relationships. And so our um, this last quarter, we've really zoned in on direct shippers and finding what's best for us in that oversized lane of just going after those. Got it. So what would you say your business is like, kind of like 70 load board, 30% direct? or That's what it's like right now. About that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And like I said, we don't do, there are a lot of, you know, rates are bad, load board is bad, but it's not, <laughs> it's not terrible. It's not as bad. You got to as... know what you're doing. Right. That's in anything. The key. Like- Things are going to shift. Things are going to change. But you just have to know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. How does someone work with you? So I have, again, the classes, the master class, the dispatch trainings. Um, I've been doing a lot of one-on-one mentorship since I started. But we're transitioning into more group coaching programs and community. So B-Store Consulting is really just like in hub for hot shot education. Um, a lot of our clientele are women because they're like, hey, you did it. Show me what to do. Right, right, right. And so that's what we do. We make, you know, them great success stories. But a lot of them are guys, too. Like, hey, I get a lot of calls like, hey, can you just run this? You know, or just just do it. I just want to drive. And so we run, you know, a couple other companies as well, just getting their back office paperwork and things together. But uh, building would be steward online. Um and just join a class, join our free Facebook group. We have over 20,000 followers in there. And we just give out free information again. Like mm. information that's real information. Again, don't go out and buy that new truck thinking, yes, this is it. And the equipment is high down too. You know, just all types of trucks have increased in price. So every truck that I've purchased has been a used truck under $50,000. Gotcha. So I never suggest even going out buying brand new for something that's going to get tore up. On the road as you driving, yeah, it don't it, make sense. Got it. No, no sense at all. What, what's, what's your thoughts on the the information or the infopreneur space, right? Because I, I always get a lot of people ask me, hey, who should I go to to learn this, and who should I, you know, and and it's very, it's, I don't know if the word is oversaturated, but yeah. maybe the word is oversaturated, yeah. right? Everybody wants to teach. Everybody wants to teach. So <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on that, and what would you? I'll ask you the question that people ask me. Okay, like who do. Who should, what should you be looking for in a mentor? What should you be looking for in a trainer, in a course? How do you know what's the right fit for you? So for me, I would look for someone who's actually into what they're doing. 
So anybody can go get some information or have done it before and go sell a course and build it. But are they actually like in their business? Is this a full online marketing, you know, and I never see you buy a truck or I never see you making a call or are they actually working in it? Like, and that's why I try to post a lot of just authentic videos, whether I'm having a meeting or if we're on the road, I'm going to prop my ring light up, you know, and I want you to see like, this is actually what goes on out here. Um, just get someone that's just not trying to sell you something. You know, yeah. anybody too salesy, I think, is yeah. that's that's their main goal is to make money from it. And they could necessarily not even have operations to their business, you know? Yeah. Somebody else could be doing it or they could be a partner in it, but not really. For sure. They could be a salesperson. Yeah, just a salesperson. Is there a way to see through it? Like, how do you, how would you tell somebody to see, like, this is what you could do to see, like, what's really going on? What would you say? I think people are drawn to just personality, you know? And again, that too salesy, yeah. I'm always like, eh, <laughs> what is that? Right. And I want to see examples, you know? And I would want anybody that's working with me to see examples, see if they got reviews, see if they're um, like a community of people working with, you know, see if they're talking to anybody else. But if they're just buy this, buy this, buy this, <laughs> like buy what? <laughs> right. <laughs> what am I buying? Am I buying you right. to to hear you at this point or am I actually buying the information? Right, right. I and never it. be afraid to reach out to somebody that somebody's worked with, you know? So if if somebody refers you to me, like reach out to somebody that you think that I've, that I've posted or worked with. I always say like, if someone calls me like, well, can I talk to somebody? You sure can. I got referrals for you. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I want you to hear from somebody else. A hundred percent. I like that. Um, where do you see your business growing in terms of the, uh, the, the lease, the lease yeah. model? What, how big are you trying to get? Are you trying to get any bigger? Like what, what's your goals? Um, definitely growing as we get more direct customers. That's, that's my main thing. Um, I like the lease program too, cause it gives people an opportunity to not go out and spend 10, 12, $15,000 starting up. And if you can come lease on, you bought a truck and trailer, you get to learn the industry at the same time you making money. So you don't have the ties to not knowing and just running a business. Everybody wants to say they own a business, but right. the work behind it, a lot of people are like, yeah, I want to, but I want to learn about it as I'm going. So having more people do that, um, we have people that come to the program and then they go get their own authority. So it's like, great. You know, I want you to be here. I don't want to keep you for- Nobody's locked in. Yeah, I don't want to keep you for years. We do like a six-month contract just okay. so that you can get enough information. Yeah. We all get a feel for each other and we can teach you during that time too. Right. Um, But I would just say learn. Learn as much as you can. Like, don't get the- Social media just gives everybody a hype of being the boss right. or trying to figure it out. But like, do take what steps is necessary for you. Not following after someone else. Got it. So, so I, I don't know if you answer, but how big do you want to grow? I would get about fifteen. About fifteen. I would do about fifteen. Yeah. Okay, that'd and be a comfortable place. That'd be for a you. comfortable place for me. Not too much. Right. Um, having those direct customers there that they're able to go to, and that becomes more appealing to the customer. I mean, to the the contractor as well, partner. Um, that would probably be my my biggest one. Because you still want to have a personal, somewhat relationship with the people you're working with. Right. So I don't want to get too big to where they don't hear from me or, oh, we signed on under her, but we don't know who she is. Got it. And plus, the more you grow, the more liability is Yes, well. the more liability and right. liability is. How, how, does, how does it impact your insurance every time you add on a new carrier um, or new, a new owner-operator? So we were able to, we got a little insurance hack. We had a, a yeah. So Can, that's it. That's are, are you able lot, to share it? No. That saved, <laughs> it saved me a lot of money back in 2021. Okay. Moving from those three, we found out some information. And so my insurance just is the same price for each truck. Okay. And so as I add on a new carrier, it doesn't affect me. The liability of you going out there and doing what you're supposed to do. Right. Because if you get a ticket, then that's on me. And that's what comes with like vetting out and making sure. I would say too, like if you got somebody you're not comfortable with, get them off your team because they could mess up everybody yeah. and everybody's money at that point. Yeah, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. All right, cool. Well, um, this did I did I miss anything or did we cover most of it? 
I think we covered most I think we, of it. I think we covered a lot. So right now we're currently at six trucks. Yes. We are running. You you run within your 500 mile radius. Yes. You're doing your thing. Everybody's leased on. You'll never go back to the employee model again. Never. Because of maintenance. Yes. We got B. Stewart Consulting. Yes. You're currently working with people. Yes. Um, working, teaching, helping. Working, teaching, helping. 20,000 member community on Facebook. Yes. Um. Talk about the goals, right? We want don't want to grow to any more than fifteen. <laughs> I think we, I no think more we, than 15. I think we pretty much covered everything, yeah. man. So you know, um, traditionally on trucking, also we always have to make sure that we we get your final thought, which is you know anything spiritual, entrepreneurial, anything you want to kind of leave the audience with, and then just lastly, just let everybody know where they connect with you personally, where they can learn more about your business. And so forth. So start with uh, start with where they connect with you, and then we'll end with the final thought. Okay. So on all social media platforms, building with B Stewart. So that's Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Uh, the Facebook community is building a hot shot truck and empire. Um, all of those, like I said, I daily give out resources, daily give out information. Um, I like connecting and talking to the people. Like seeing, even hearing the success stories, like, hey, just watching your page, I was able to do this. Right. So definitely connect with me on there. Um, final thought. Final thought. I know. I would say if it's something that you're passionate about and you want to do it, just do it. Like, don't be afraid. Like, if you're going to do it, do it afraid. It's going to be uncomfortable. Um, don't listen to the people around you or the negative stories because people are going to tell you the negative before they tell you the positive. So if it's something you want to do, do it. Invest in mentorship, like whether it's me, anybody else, but get somebody who, like you say, got skin in the game and can avoid you from making costly mistakes. Because that's so often we'll get into it, feel secluded and be like, what just happened? That's when everybody say trucking. There's no money in it. Trucking is dead. Yeah. Low boards are bad. Can't make it. So <laughs> right, right. <laughs> invest in yourself. Um, believe in yourself. Because if you don't believe you can do it, Nobody else is going to take you serious. That's right. That's right. How many people told you told you, you were crazy for getting into this business? Lots. Yeah. Lots. And if they didn't tell me I was crazy, they just didn't say anything. <laughs> you know, like, what are you doing? Uh, you know, are you sure this is a <laughs> trucks? What? Right, right. Like, yep, trucks. 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 That's what it That's is. That's it. I love it. All right, Hustle Fam, if you don't respect that, your whole perspective is whack. We have been building with B. Stewart. Officially, um, this has been a great episode, man. Got to get to know you a little bit better, Thank understand you. your story, and learn some stuff about Hot Shot Trucking. I think it's a uh, a very good opportunity. I hear a lot of people talking about it, so yes. I could understand why your community is so big, right? Because everybody wants to get into this game, and that's uh, this is a good way to get in. It right? is to get started. It is, and so, it can lead you to anything else for sure, for sure, for sure. Do Do you want to get into other other types of uh, equipment or if like I did, semis or it would only be like. If I bought a semi, it would be like the heavy hauling. Okay. Real heavy. Gotcha. Oversized. You like heavy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's where the money's at. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to buy one and do regular drive-in. Gotcha. 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 I love it. All right. So, yeah, man, that's it. That's the show. Um, Hustle fam, if you smell something burning, it's only a desire. Myself, Brittany B. Stewart, we are if you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go.